When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four, and England have won the match! Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. The third day uh, at the Oval between Australia and India has produced some fascinating cricket. Nine wickets fell, actually, in the day. And India, I suppose, got back into the game. The lead now for Australia, 296, with uh, six second innings wickets left. 123 for four is their score. What are the the key numbers, Simon, today, then, in a day's play, which had lots of interest? Well, in, in a way, India and Australia are doing something quite similar today. India, 145 for five in their batting. Australia, 123 for four in their batting. But, of course, Australia came into this third day in a good position, and they go out of the third day in a good position as well. I thought, actually, India did better with the bat today than I expected them to do. I, I thought at one stage they could have been, well, when they lost that early wicket, I thought they could have been rolled out for 200. And it was even just the hint, the possibility on the surface with the ball bouncing and spitting a bit, even just the possibility of Australia enforcing the follow-on. Uh, in the old days, I think you would have done if you you know bowled a team out 280 ahead on a pitch like that. But, you know, we know it's done so much differently these days. And obviously it didn't come to that because of that excellent partnership between uh, Rahane and Shada Tucker, who we, most people had, had as not playing in the game, but, <laughs> but he actually came out and played really well. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, that's true. And I'm sure they'll need them in the second innings. At the moment, as I say, the lead 296 for Australia with six wickets left. So, you know, the prospects are, I suppose, that they may set India around about 400. And later in this podcast, we're going to hear uh, from a great man of Indian cricket, Sonny Gavaskar, who actually was at the wicket for most of a run chase. Mm here at the Oval in 1979, of a similar sort of duration. In fact, they were set 438 to win by England in 1979 at the Oval, and they nearly got there. We'll hear the story of that match from the man himself, Sonny himself, in a short while. But first, uh, let's just look back at today's play, which started sensationally for Australia, really, with the guy, the guy that you know, I suppose has come under the radar a bit, although he's got a phenomenal test record, Scott Boland, six for seven, uh, at the MCG in the Ashes, and I think he's taking his test wickets currently at the average of about 12, insanely. Second ball of the day, knocks over the Indian wicketkeeper Bharat, and suddenly uh, Australia thinking, yeah, we can knock him over the 200 here, mm. but it wasn't to be. No, that excellent partnership. I thought you know, Rahane and Shadow Taka, they took blows, they had a lot of luck, there were three drop catches in all in that. Uh, morning session. And actually, actually, that was important, those yeah. three drop catches, yeah. weren't they? I mean, unlike Australia, whose record in slips 
is about sort of mid-table in terms of all the countries. They're not the best at that, that slip catching, which you, is surprising. But the, you know, three sort of, well, one easy catch to Cameron Green yeah. and two that should have been taken, really. Sorry, it's, it's two that were, were t- quite tough, but pushed over the bar was one from Kawaja and then the other one to Warner. I think he was sort of thrown by Alex Carey, the wicketkeeper, slightly and had to go with one hand. But... You'd hope that one of those three would have been taken. Well, I, I, I was amazed that Cameron Green didn't take that catch in the gully. I mean, and, and I think so was he, and so were his teammates. He's a very good fielder, as indeed he demonstrated later with one of the great catches. If you haven't seen it, you know, watch the highlights, watch it on the BBC Sport website, whatever. I'm sure it'll be on Sky uh, later, but, but catch up with it because it was a, a fabulous catch. And talking about catching up with it, that's sort of what he did because the ball was past him. And Rahani was playing well. You, you, I actually felt quite sorry for Rahani because you, you felt he deserved 100. He made 89. He's been in great form all year. Uh, you know, excellent first-class record in India and then brilliant in the IPL as well. And he played so well here under pressure because you know, Australia were giving nothing, were they? They were right at India, but they, were, they resisted superbly in that century partnership. Mm. Fa- absolutely fabulous catch. It was a fabulous catch. It, it was that thing that he's got, which no one else in the game has at the moment, wingspan. <laughs> you know, he's such an enormous guy anyway. What, six foot eight? With those huge long arms, he almost covers the space of three fielders. He's like three gullies together. Mm. If he can take a catch like that, I mean, most all fielders in the world, mm. with the exception possibly of Kyron Pollard, perhaps, who is also enormous and seems to cover a lot of ground. But incredible athleticism, actually, wasn't it? For a guy that big to be able to move so quickly, he had 0.5 of a second react to that to that ball, sliced away behind square, one-handed, horizontal, amazing. Yeah, Rahani probably thought four. Yeah, I'm into the 90s, and the next moment he was he was trudging off. Wonderful from Cameron Green. We saw him in Australia in the Ashes, last Ashes series, and I, I, this, you know, he, he's, he does cover so much ground in that gully region. It must be really frustrating for batters, you know. Thinking someone like Joe Root likes that area, doesn't he? And if, if Green is diving left and right and stopping them, mm. that's quite frustrating. And also, it keeps the pressure on a bit as well. Someone like Root who likes to play that shot uh, down towards the deep third area so yeah fantastic from from green but yeah pretty well done by india to get up to 296 i yeah. I, I, I would have thought at, at the start of the day's play if you'd said 296 for india i would have thought no, pretty unlikely but they did well to get up there so they so they did they just about sort of kept themselves in the game didn't they a leader 173 but that, that's pretty punishing in a test match and the results when came up with a stat was it i think only four teams well, I can't. Well, I'm looking for it here. But the number of teams that actually won from that sort of position, it doesn't. Ha- it basically, doesn't happen very often. If you're 173 behind and you're batting second in a, in a test match, it just does not happen very often. No. And and looking at the pitch as well, it's got more in it for for a bowler than certainly it has had in many uh, test matches here at the Oval. There's okay, that here, here's that stat. Oh, sorry. And, and also spin as well. Yeah. yeah what's the sorry? Stat? Here's the stat. Only there've been only 12 instances of a side batting second being more than 150 behind on first innings and going on to win. That's in the whole history of, of Test Match cricket. And so that's 150, that's not 173. So that's probably, that's probably 4% or that's something really, like that? Really, really tiny percentage, yeah. 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 So okay. that's, the, that's the problem that India had after conceding that huge first innings. The damage done, as we said, on the first day. 327 for three, and India not able to exploit a green pitch. And I wonder whether they'll rue, in the end, uh, bowling first. It's one of those ones where... 
It's so difficult, isn't it? You get out there on the first morning, it's cloudy, the pitch looks green, especially coming from India. You haven't seen so much grass ever, mm. except in a sort of artificial hospitality, artificial grass in a hospitality uh, setting in, normally in India. Uh, the grass was inducive, conducive to what the Indians thought would be seen. And actually, it was more, it didn't actually seem that much. It was more uneven bounce. And as the match has worn on, it's, uh, it's drying out. The ball is, is kicking off a length to the new ball. And I, I spoke to Ravi Ashwin this morning, who, of course, India left out, partly because they were thinking four seamers, we bowl first. Ravi Ashwin, the number one bowler in the world, ranked bowler in the world. And he said to me this morning, oh dear, I think it's going to spin like a top. Yeah. And Jadeja bowling into the rough tonight implied that. Before we get to Jadeja, uh, an early strike by the Indians when Australia went in again, with uh, Warner dismissed, caught behind, looking a little bit sort of static at the crease, and actually Kawaja also looking a bit marooned and, and not really fluent. He went for 13. So at one He's point not had a good there, game, has he, Usman Kawaja? No, no, he looked a bit sort of uh, stuck, in, stuck in mud generally. Uh, in, in, in his batting. 24 for two were Australia in the second inning. So the uh, Indians were just sniffed a, an opportunity there, but it was snuffed out by Labashain's sort of uh, cur courage, I suppose, and almost kamikaze uh, positioning. He stood out almost like a target out of his crease and withstood a lot of blows to his fingers and so on until the pitch came down. And Smith actually played a much more fluent inning. Steve Smith coming in at 24 for two was immediately off the mark with a flick for four and a couple of other a pull shots and turning the strike round, great rotation. And I think he gave Labuschagne a bit of confidence actually. And then Smith, rather bizarrely, trying to loft Jadeja over the top and got caught, good catch at, at sort of deep cover, sort of backward point. And I thought that was a bit of a strange one, actually. Well, I, I, in a way, but because he did do that to Jadeja in the first he innings. He did. He did, he did occasionally. Just... You can't take liberties with Jadeja. No, no. He's, he's a there were two fours in the first innings, which Smith hit, you're quite right, off uh, Jadeja over the top. Neither of them, to me, looked convincing. They looked a little bit... Uh, a bit wild actually a bit of like ugly heaves which is unlike Smith and this this particular ball that got him today Jadeja was very clever bolted a bit wider a little bit shorter Smith trying to go over long on they kept the man in at mid on to induce that shot mid off just, mid off no they had they had mid off deep actually they had mid on in saving sort of not saving one about halfway back and he tried to hit it over the mid on fielder but because Jadeja bowled a bit wider, he sliced it and was caught in the covers. That was a good bit of cricket by India, actually. Then they got Travis Head out, who actually played a, a fairly average innings against the left-arm spinner. It was spinner. an extraordinary innings from Travis Head, yeah. wasn't it, really? He was dropped on the boundary. He played all sorts of attempted drives against the spin and looked absolutely all at sea. Yeah, well, it was, I thought it was an incredible innings from Head, really. For a bloke who made a you know, whole stack of runs in the first innings... Basically, Jadeja just bolted into the rough outside the off stump and, and Head tried to smash him the whole time. Okay, they left cover wide open, didn't they? But he wasn't really looking to hit it through cover. He was looking to drag it uh, with the spin, miscued several uh, times, and then he was dropped, as you say, on, on the boundary by Umesh Yadav, and it felt like, oh, one of those moments, you know, what, you know that's going to be very costly. But Travis Head obliged later in the over, just drilling one straight back at Jadeja, who doesn't drop very many, and he didn't drop that one either. So, yeah, it's odd, odd innings from Travis Head. And 111 for four. One thing I thought about the the Smith and Labuschagne partnership, it's amazing, isn't it? The, the crowd were up. You know, another wicket for India after tea. And 
and that was Shane Smith are just so capable, just almost like just bursting the balloon of the of the crowd. Of hope. Just yeah, of hope. Exactly. They, they are. They're, they're misery guts, aren't they? Really, they, they don't allow anyone to have any fun. They just sort of take everything out of the game, and it just they could completely depress the atmosphere in the ground. And they, you know, their the, the partnership wasn't vast, but it what when you've got that big first innings lead, you know, something like what is it? What do they put on sixty two? For the third wicket, it sort of took the sting out it, of India. Totally, didn't it? yeah, it took the sting out of them, yeah. Uh, and and then Smith was out, and then Travis Head played a few shots and was out uh, soon afterwards. But you know they, they're, they're about three hundred ahead, what two nine six to be precise, six wickets in hand. I mean, you're still they're just about in the game, aren't they? But do you, I mean, can you see them chasing three fifty on this surface? I mean, not no. many teams. I mean, they do a bit more these days, but not many teams generally in Test cricket chase. 350. I mean, like, India's strength is their batting, mm. but I think Jadej is one place too high at number six, and the Aussie bowlers are all taller and bowl from higher positions at the crease than any of the Indian bowlers. Uh, I've done a graphic today illustrating that. You can actually see it on my Twitter feed as well, how much taller the uh, Australian bowlers are. I mean, Cameron Green's coming from two mm. and a half metres release, so you know that's sort of 10 feet or something nearly, and eight and a half, nine feet. You know, that's going to get any kind of extra assistance that, that the Aussies are looking for. It's a new ball pitch, though. 20 overs, 25 overs, the ball does misbehave. After that, it does go flat. So you have to strike, if you can, in those first 20 well, overs. Well, you say that, of course, but India are going to be batting last, and it's, it's getting it's drier, been, and they've got yeah. Nathan Lyon, who's taken 480-odd Test match wickets. T- totally, yeah. So yeah. there's that aspect of it as well, yeah. which which would seem to be a, a, against India. I know mm. they're quite good players of spin, but Lyon has had some success against India. So they've got so many bases covered, it seems to me, Australia. You actually look at their bowling figures. Five-man attack, Stark two, Cummins three, Boland two, Green two, Lyon mm. one. And, you know, an all-round job done. Mm. But yep. you feel the batting is a bit more... It's a bit more middle-order... Focused. I know they've got some, de- you know, they've got some decent players. You know, but Warner Kawaja, thirty-six. But with that bowling attack, it feels like a group, doesn't it? Hunting together. It's it's as I as you said last night. Ominous signs <laughs> for England, really. Uh, I have to figure out how to play this Australian bowling attack, and also how to get out the the uh, Australian middle order. Anyway, we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow uh, at, in due course, and after the break. We'll hear what Sonny Gavaska thinks about it all. So I stood with Sonny actually after play on the outfield and we started talking about that famous day in 1979. So, Sonny, uh, we're standing on the oval here. It's 2023. I've got a rather nice scorecard here from the Oval, 1979. And I was actually watching this. It was a beautiful day in late summer in England. India set 438 to win. 438, you nearly got there. And you got 221. And then you just got out near the end. 429 for eight was the final score. So you fell about 10 runs short. What are your memories of that? Well, the memories... uh were that it was uh, it was something that uh, we didn't think possible at one stage because you know how many teams chase 430 plus so we started off not thinking too much about going for a win we just played each ball on its merits we got off to a good start Chetan Chauhan and I I think we we had a 200 plus start and after that uh, I think 
Wingsaka uh, 52. Yeah, Kapil Dev a duck. <laughs> yeah, Kapil Dev was promoted up the order. And uh, he was out, I think, two, three, two, three balls. Uh, and then after that, I think there was a bit of a collapse. Uh, so uh, eventually, when the last over started, I think we needed 10 runs to win. But uh, And we had two wickets in hand. And we had two fairly decent uh, first-class batters. Bharat Reddy and Karsan Gauri had the crease. And I was thinking, sitting in that change room, please go for it, please go for it. Because, look, we were 1-0 down. If, even if we had lost those two wickets, it would have been 2-0 down. The, the, the thing would be, we lost the series. But if we had got those nine runs, then we would have ten runs, and we would have been, you know, one all. So, uh, uh, while, while getting a double-handed was good, you know, the, the thrill that uh, you know they would, they, it would have led to a win was was absent 221 from 443 balls 490 minutes eight hours more <laughs> than eight hours at the crease and i remember you you know the bowling attack england's bowling attack bob willis ian both and mike hendrick phil edmonds peter willie pretty good attack actually yeah it was a pretty good attack the pitch was very good to bat on no question about it uh, uh, but you know i think uh, sometimes you know things get get going for you and uh, often people ask me about that innings. And seriously, I don't remember. I think I was in a zone. So, I mean, I don't remember too much of that. I just remember uh, uh, two shots, really. Uh, one was uh, of a ridiculous change of pace, slow delivery by Ian Botham. And it was so slow off the pitch. He thought he was going to bowl me a slower delivery, like we see often in, in T20 cricket now. But it was really halfway down the pitch, and I punched it through the covers for a boundary. And I almost laughed, but obviously I didn't because I didn't, didn't want to upset the man. And then there was another one where I tucked uh, Bob Billis off my pads for to get to the double under. So those are the two shots I remember. Otherwise, there was nothing, nothing that I remember. Well, the thing is, the thing is, if you score 10,000 test runs, you're not going to remember an awful lot of, uh, of certain innings, <laughs> are you? Um, what about this game? Uh, obviously, uh, there's going to be less of a target. I mean, at the moment, the lead, Australia lead about 300. Let's say it's 350, 400. Can India chase that on here, do you think? How does the pitch here compare to the one you were batting on those years ago? I think I think this pitch is uh, maybe just a little more challenging because, you know, you've seen the odd ball climb up. And maybe because it is the Australian bowlers who are taller and faster. Uh, so, therefore, they have been able to create those problems. But if India get off to a good start, look, for that 438, we had a 200-run opening partnership. So, you always need in the first two wickets to get to get a good score 200 there about then you think that you have a chance so if something like that happens with the Indian team if they're chasing say 400 tomorrow or, or, or on day five if they get off to a good start if the first two wickets get you to about 200 then you say oh, ah we have a chance because then you have somebody like a Kohli coming in at that Yuvrani in the kind of form he's in and Jadeja mm -hmm. Jadeja coming at six he batted very well in the first inning so you you you, you fancy your chances but it's very important for the openers and the number three and four to come to the party. Just one other point about batting, generally. We've seen Labuschagne batting out of his crease in this match. You did that quite a lot, didn't you? I did that all every and single... Can you explain why and how it helped? Well, I, I, my idea was to try and, and negate the swing. So I always stood outside unless the wicket is this, keeper... Is this everywhere or just in England? Everywhere. From, from my first innings in, in international cricket, in test cricket, I always stood outside the crease. And uh, not, as, not as much as uh, Labuschagne's doing. He's, he's standing almost a foot, foot and a half outside. I think I stood maybe about a few inches outside the crease. And I just thought that because of the fact that, you know, you had to have somebody who would be express who would give you a problem. And, and, and the only other thing is, 
I wasn't so much of a you know front foot sort of. I, I wasn't plonking my front foot like modern bat batters do. I was always you know looking to use the crease also. One of the reasons why a lot of batters get into trouble today is because they plonk their front foot so far forward. It's very difficult for them to transfer their weight and get onto the back foot when the ball is short and comes at their ribs or comes at their shoulders. So. Uh, my, for me, that was the advantage that if somebody is going to bowl short at me, he, with my height being vertically challenged, I was thinking that you know it would, <laughs> it would, it would, it would have to be a really express delivery to get me into trouble. But you did wear a, a sort of skull cap. Oh yeah, towards so, the I end. Mean, of because, I mean, because you know, one of the reasons why I suppose modern batsmen can get away with what you were talking about there is because of the helmets. But you had a little bit of protection at least, but not much. Not much. I think I used it only in towards the uh, last two years of two and a half years of my my career. And even then, I used to use it for the first session when the ball was hard and new, and then after that, I would discard it because, I mean, I wasn't really very comfortable with it. I I'd, I'd got pinged on the head by Malcolm Marshall. Uh, while I had that, uh, you know, skull cap in my kit bag, for, it, it, was, it went with me for three years, and I didn't use it for three years. And as it, as it happened, when I got pinged on the, on the head, and luckily I didn't turn my head, uh, I, I just kept looking at the ball, so I mean, it hit me straight on the hard. Without the skull cap. Yeah, without the skull cap, it hit me on the harder part of my uh, of the skull. And so in the evening, my, my and my wife had just come to watch, and she said, what, what, "What's this? Why have you got this contraption if you're not going to use it against these guys?" But then stubborn me, maybe ego, I did not even use it for 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 the next next matches, but. Six months down the road, when the West Indies came down, I said, my, my wife said, if you do not use it, then watch it. You're divorced. No, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> not divorced, but. And uh, just one other thing, you're going back to India for the 40th anniversary of something special, aren't you, after this match? Oh, yes. Tell us about that. I think the 40th anniversary of the 1983 World Cup, when... Uh, uh, Which was a sort of transformative thing for India, wasn't it? Because, oh, absolutely. You know, when you're talking about your 1979, <coughs> your 1979 team, you know, it was a brilliant run chase, but in a way, India weren't regarded as the sort of top-notch team. And suddenly, 1983, against the odds, you win the World Cup. Yes, and that's what I keep telling people. Six months down the road in that 1979 chase, Kapil Dev would have won, won the game for us. That time, he had not, not even 79, he had not even completed one year in international cricket. So he wasn't quite, you know, the, the batter he was to become, say, six, eight months down the road. Six, eight months down the road, he would have won it for us, sir. But yes, I think the 1983 team changed Indian cricket because you know it was seen live, uh, you know, on colour television. We, we just had colour television. We had television in the country, but not colour television. We had colour television, and so so the win was seen, and that too against the defending champions, West Indies. So it just gave cricket a fillip that uh, you know from then on, I think cricket has just taken off in India. Well, I mean, that's an understatement. Anyway, I mean, thanks for your time. Great to see you again. And I, we love having you over here. As I always. just love listening to your voice. And you always broadcast with a smile. Even when we can't see you, we know you're smiling, <laughs> yes. chuckling. Yes, because I love this game. You see, look, I'm here. Whatever I'm in life is only because of this game of cricket. And so I can always, you know, when I look at cricket, I enjoy watching modern players play because, you know, I think they've brought a, they, they bring in far more entertainment. Everywhere, well, you do. even I mean, fielding-wise, you know, I, yeah, mean, I mean the your, fielding. Your commentary on the IPL is really enjoyable because you're not one of these in my day. Mm. You're actually loving the, the, the development of the game. Yeah, right. because and I, to be able to to see this development, the, the evolution of of the game, to see the newer stars, I mean, it's just a huge bonus. It's a it's a blessing, and I cannot I cannot be thankful to Almighty for giving me this opportunity. So. 
that's the reason why I keep coming. I mean, at my age, I would most most people would say, okay, hello, you should be you know doing something else. But you know, this game has given me everything, and I'm going to be sticking around with this game. I'm glad to hear it. He's such a wonderful guy, Sonny. I, I mean, I, I I talked there about him broadcasting with a smile. That's something that you often talk about as well, and actually, I think you do, in fact, as well. It it just it's so compelling to listen to the fact that he loves the IPL as well as the Test match game. He can appreciate everything. He can appreciate young players. What have you got there? He's seventy three years of age. You know, yeah, and he's a great of, of Indian cricket. You say you know you, you almost think he doesn't need to do it, does he? He doesn't need to sort of um, trail around the world, trail around India doing. But he, he's yeah such a great enthusiast. Wherever, wherever you see India play. Sonny seems to be there. Yeah. And and the point that he made at the end there about 1983 being the sort of turning point for Indian cricket is totally right because he talks about the World Cup uh, win in 83 against the West Indies and that really put Indian cricket on the map. And OK, 40 years later, it's quite a long time, but now they are the owners of the game. In a way, they've grabbed the ball and the bat and run off with it. <laughs> and they're now in charge. But they weren't in 1983. No. Well, the next World Cup, remember, it broke the sequence, didn't it, of, of World Cups. There were three in England. And then the next World Cup was in India in 1987, won by Australia, beating England in the final. It wasn't quite supposed to be like that, was it? It was really... It seemed set up for an India-Pakistan final, but Australia and England up, upset the you know the two favoured teams in the semi-finals. But you know they they, they got their chance again. Uh, India and I mean T20 then transformed it, didn't it? When they won that T20 World Cup. Do you remember? Um, do you remember that final actually? '83. They were against the great West Indies side with the Viv Richards and Clive Lloyds and so on, and they'd all, who had already won two World Cups. Mm. And uh, they did them with little medium paces, mm. with Mud and Lal and Roger Binney, who we used to nickname Rubbish, because he was hardly, he bowled about 62 miles an hour. But those guys what, got the rub, wickets. Rubbish Binney. Rubbish Binney, yeah, we used rubbish to call him Rubbish Binney, yeah. very unfairly. Yeah. But he, he and Mad and Lal and a couple of others, I think Mahinda Armanath, mm. bowling little dobbers with the keepers stood up. They, they just suckered West Indies into giving away their wickets, and India won that match. And now, India is, Indian cricket is this amazing monolith but will they be world test champions at the second time of asking i don't think so no well what was the old wind biz says i think something like australia 85 percent to win this test match it's it's hard to uh, disagree with that I mean, you, you feel if any side is capable of doing it perhaps in these circumstances it might well be india they, they pulled off a you know, very good victory in australia last time Ch- yeah, chasing true. you know runs in the fourth innings mm. but they had someone called Rishabh Pant. There that day. And, and it was a better pitch, actually. Yeah, that's, at a, that's the key, isn't it? Yeah. What What of your? I mean, what of your? I don't know what your graphic has been telling you about the, the this pitch. I've not seen many pitches like this at the Oval. No, I agree. I think it's unusual because it's early season for a Test match uh, here at the Oval, and I think the, the issue has been that it's been dry mm. over the last ten days. So he's actually left a bit more grass on it to keep it together, and it it has kept together. But the grass is a bit tufty and there are plate-sized sort of cracks in the pitch. It looks like it looks crazy paving almost. Mm. Not, not huge cracks, but sort of hairline cracks. And they are just slowly getting a little bit wider, very, very slightly. And the, the grass, the green grass has sort of died now and it's sort of brown grass. But they are still offering that sort of tuftiness. So when the ball hits 
a patchy bit, a, a nice sort of tufty bit of grass. It just bounces a bit with the new ball. And probably when it hits a, a slightly bare a bit, it just keeps a little bit low. Uh, and, and the evidence of the dryness is already been illustrated by the footholds. Jaday just spinning the ball out of them. So Nathan Lyon is licking his lips. Obviously, Australia need to put on another sort of 80 to 100 runs first. Just to feel really secure. Yes. Yeah. I, I always think when you're setting in the fourth innings, your first target is get to the, get to the was it 418, the world record? So if you lose, you say, well, hats off, you've, but you've broken the world record to beat us. Do you, do you know what I mean yeah. by that? Mm. Psychologically. So I, if I'm Australia tonight, I'm saying, right, can we get another, whatever it is, 122 runs and then... Good luck. Good luck with that, India, especially on the on this surface. That's what I would want. Another 122, 418, 420 to win. Well, anyway, it's well set up for the fourth day, Saturday. We'll be back uh, this time tomorrow to review how it went. See you then. Yeah, thanks very much for listening. Goodbye for now. Podcast Network.